With summer coming, no doubt many of you have a change schedule, different activities, and a new set of challenges. It's the same for our kids. Today, we're going to share one message that will help our kids to stay on task while they're dealing with the adjustment to the new schedule and having different activities so that we can meet that challenge as a parent. Are you tired of repeating yourself with your children or wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated because you wish your kids could communicate their wants and needs more clearly instead of whining or yelling? Are you plagued by the feeling that you cannot meet all the needs in your family? Hey parents, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. It is possible to build strong family relationships and have boundaries that benefit kids. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I'm a mom, grandma, and speech-language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you'll find solutions to get kids to listen better and build family connection, to feel confident in managing difficult behaviors, and help your kids build more language of their own. So if you are ready to communicate in ways that build deep, meaningful connection and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home, listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so that you can become the parent you want to be. Welcome back to the Language of Play. I'm so happy you're here. Before we begin, I want to remind you that for Mother's Day, um, I have a 75% off flash sale, which is a one-hour coaching session, power coaching session, to help you deal with what it is that you're wrestling with today. Email Mother's Day to hello at thelanguageofplay.com and I will get in touch with you and we will discuss how to help you. Thank you, Allison, for your review. Allison titles it, New Mom Podcast, and gives it five stars. Allison writes, As a new mom, I feel like I'm always playing catch-up with the learning about my child. The language of play helps me feel a little more prepared with tactical skills to communicate with my child and help my child to communicate, too. Thank you, Allison. That is what I'm always hoping, is that we all learn how to communicate better with one another, and as we understand the language that we use and how it impacts, we will develop more of a playful attitude with ourselves, with our family members, and of course, with our children. And that is effective. All right, parents, let's get started. Getting our kids to stay on task is routinely a difficult project. This happens when our children are small as well as teenagers because we will give them something to do and they might do it and then they wander away and they disappear. Or we give them something to do and they wander off to do it but get distracted along the way and it never gets done and we might find out a day later or an hour later and it can be so frustrating. Well, that's what we're talking about today. Some years back, my family and I were packing Now, I have this 4 by 8 little trailer in my garage, so I decided to use that space as a place during the week to put things as I was thinking about it. Like all of us, I was busy doing all of life while I was trying to pack to go on an adventure. This adventure was camping. We weren't wilderness camping on this one. We were going to a a camp where there were going to be amenities like like bathrooms like a campground and a lake and fishing and horses like a a kid's camp. But this one was family camping. 
so I got to go too, which was lovely. Now, if you get the scene in your mind, I'm in the kitchen, and I'm handing things to my son, who is, again, about eight at that time, and I'd say, put this in the trailer. And then he would disappear. And I was trying to get him to help me. So how do we get our kiddos to stay on task? There is much more to this story, and it became very humorous. But that'll be another episode. At the moment, I'm not remembering what the other children were doing. I'm just remembering the interaction with this one child, so it sounds like he's the only one helping, but the other ones were involved too. So here's what we did that was really helpful, really effective, and you can incorporate this into what you're doing at home. Whether you're talking about having your children get chores done, cleaning their rooms, or or helping with dinner, or whatever it is. So first, have your child, as part of the direction, hear the word return or come back, a phrase that tells them that they are supposed to come back after you give them the direction. Now why? That's because the kids don't even know that they're supposed to come back unless you tell them. If there's a big project and you ask them to go put this bag in the trailer, once they've done it, it's out of their mind. And we all know that kids also drop the bag along the way as they see some kind of squirrel that distracts them. But when they come back, then you can ask questions and you can check in with them. So, whatever the direction, step number one, is to include the instruction to return. That was my word. You can say whatever words that you would regularly say. So I would say to my son or my other kids, put this in the trailer and return. And then I would stop talking. No extra words. The extra words will distract them and they can forget. So it's one thing to do and come back. Now, when your child returns, they need to be trained to say, I did it, Mom, or I did it, Dad. Why? Why do we want our kids to report back to us and say, I did it? And that is because we want them to realize that they're checking in and that they have accomplished that task. That's an important step for them to realize that they are responsible to communicate with you. Now, here's the funny thing. When kids come back and they say, I did it, from the time that they left to the time that they return, I've been in 15 conversations and I don't remember what it is that I told them to do. So then I fairly often say, What did you do? And here's where your language piece comes in. And this is what I learned along the way that was like really good for my speech therapy students to do and for my children at home. One of these tips and strategies that I learned at the speech therapy conferences that I implemented into my parenting that made a world of difference. When the kids come back and say, I did it, mom. And I say, what did you do? That forces them to come up with the language, to remember what they were instructed to do, and then you can ask them questions about it and they can tell you. And that language interaction that simply starts with, I did it, followed by me asking, what did you do? And them going back to say the words what they did was enormously effective for building language into our children in what we call the reciprocity. That means the bouncing back and forth. It's your your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn. 
So there is a, a gold nugget of a tip that seems like extra work for a moment, but it isn't in the long run because it, it builds in strategy for you and for your kids to follow through all the way through the teen years making your home run more smoothly later on and helping them to understand what it is that they're responsible for at the time that you tell them to do something. Now the follow up with what they say they did. So there's a few different things that they might respond. One, they might respond with, uh, I don't know. In which case they forgot. They need another instruction. And at that point, you realize that they're authentically forgetting and they are ready and wanting an instruction. If they tell you exactly what they were supposed to do and the light bulb goes on and you remember, oh yeah, that's what I instructed you to do. Then you say, fabulous. Thank you. Always have that little celebration. So for example, when I said to my son, what did you do? He said, I put the sleeping bag outside. And I would be able to say, did you put it in the trailer? He said, oh, no. And he ran outside, picked it up, put it in the trailer, came back. I did it, Mom. What did you do? I put the sleeping bag in the trailer. Ah, good job. Ready for the next one? Yes. So number three is to celebrate. Even the little tiny accomplishments. And the celebration can be the one second celebration. Wahoo! Good job. Thank you. And then you move on and you give them the next task. Because, of course, real life is that we move from task to task. And ultimately, what we want to develop in our kids is some stamina for going from task to task for expanding lengths of time. So then our fourth tip is about marking time or marking task. How is it that we can do that with the varied ages of our kids so that we can keep them going? If your child is young, you can have objects that help them mark the number of tasks that they're working on from task to task. So I'll give an example, but of course you adapt it to what it is that you have in your house that you would normally use that makes sense. So maybe you have marbles, maybe you have spoons, maybe you have M&Ms, something that you're going to be able to mark number of tasks with. Here's how you do it. You would have, let's say you're going to use M&Ms. You would have 10 M&Ms on the counter and, or in a bowl. And you'd say to your child, you get to eat these when they're done. Do not give them to your child along the way. And again, I'm not advocating sugar, but I wanted to comment because many times parents will give them their children an M&M along the way. And when they do that, the children will just want more M&Ms. They don't tend to associate the job done with the M&M when they're very small. It's like you give them an M&M and then you won't give it to them. And then you do give it to them and then you won't give it to them. So it's harder for them to understand that this is working towards something. And that something can be a break. It can be a 10-minute break. It can be um, lunch. It can be that, you know, we're taking a break. And maybe that break, what my kids loved and they worked hard for, was a popsicle. Now, I've learned a lot about sugar, and I probably would do those things differently, but I didn't know then. Whatever it is that your kids will feel rewarded by for their efforts, that's what you give. But you make it ahead of time that they're going to earn so many spoons before the break. 
Now, this works particularly well for young kids to have some kind of measurement. So I would say use something more like spoons or marbles or maybe blocks, something that is an object that they can move from one place to the next place. So from a box to a bowl, from a cup to a a basket, whatever. And they know that when they get all of the spoons moved from one place to the other place, then they get to have a break. And the break is going to be something fun. You know what it is that your child likes. And if you don't know for sure, ask them what they want to do or have for break. Maybe it will be that they have lunchtime and and play catch in the yard. Maybe it will be a popsicle. Maybe it will be video game time. Whatever it is, establish ahead of time that your break is going to be X minutes long. Whatever you determine, again, based on your child. If your child is very small and they have accomplished 10 things and they've moved their 10 objects, maybe they're done for the day. It's, you know, these are judgments that you'll have to make. But for the purpose of this podcast, I want to help you have language and have like the physical pieces that will help you communicate to your child because using your body and using objects to help them, especially if there's a language delay, will help support their understanding of what it is that you want from them. And then you can celebrate all along the way as they get each spoon, as it is that they are moving on to the next task, and as you're practicing the language of, I did it, what did you do, and how did it go, and whatever other conversations you need along the way. Now let's say your child is a little bit older, and they understand the clock. So you're talking from about age seven, eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there when they really get a good handle on the clock. Uh, Of course, this depends whether you have digital or analog. And at that point, you're going to think about what is reasonable for my eight-year-old to be working when the minute hand gets from here to here. Or for my teen, you're going to put in one hour or two hours or three hours. You know, depending on what is the skill, the abilities of your child, at this time in life. And of course, if any of you need help determining that, I would be happy to have those conversations with you to help you figure out what can I expect from my child at the ages that they're at? And how do I tell when they are just sneaking away? Because we do know that sometimes kids will just sneak away. But I will tell you, pro tip here, if you go into your interaction with all of your interaction, assuming that the child intended well, then they will move and gravitate more towards staying with good intentions and not sneaking away as much. When we expect these things from our kids, they will rise into our expectations. So be careful what it is that you expect. Okay, so to wrap it up, here we go. First, you give an instruction followed by the word return. So, for example, put the sleeping bag in the trailer and return. When the child returns, the child is to say, I did it, Mom, or I did it, Dad. This is also a skill that you're going to be needing to teach them. So when they come back to you, you might, they might be staring at you and you say, say, I did it. 
<laughs> until they learn that that's their job, to say that they did it. And if they don't know what to say, you just start in by asking, what did you just do? Even if you do remember what it is that your child had done, if you want to practice language with them, this is a great thing to do. Even if you don't need to practice language with them, when you ask them what it is that they did, you might find out that they did other things too. So for example, when I said to my son, what did you do? He said, I put the sleeping bag outside. And I would be able to say, did you put it in the trailer? He said, oh, no. And he ran outside, picked it up, put it in the trailer, came back. I did it, mom. What did you do? I put the sleeping bag in the trailer. Ah, good job. Ready for the next one? Yes. One key part is always to have that celebration. That one second celebration that tells our kids, you nailed it. You hit the target. Good job. That's exactly what I was hoping. Well done. Fabulous. Any of those one second words really help our kids to know that, yeah, they did what was expected of them correctly, the way you wanted it and that you're happy with them. And these things do go a long ways in building trust, in building connection, in helping our kids to be confident that they are on track. And we all love that. And the fourth thing was to make a way visually for your child to be able to mark task or mark time. Not just visually, Tactily, too, for the little ones. That would be like for little ones moving the spoons or whatever you choose to do. And for older ones watching the clock for whatever time you determine that is good for your child. Now, remember, if you're going to use an edible, something you eat, with your child while they're earning their break time, don't let them eat it until the break time. Because if you do, it derails them from remembering that they are working. So parents, I hope that you found this helpful. I hope that when you are maybe packing for your next adventure, whatever it is, maybe it's that you've got Memorial Day coming up and you're going to go camping and you want your kids to put the sleeping bag in the trailer, whatever it is, I hope that you are able to incorporate some of these methods and find success it really does help all of us in the long run to have a more peaceful and productive home when we can count on our kids to follow through with the tasks that we give them. And the follow through is such a learned thing. We forget sometimes that our kids need to learn to follow through and we expect that they will somehow know it. And again, a reminder, flash sale for Mother's Day all the way till I'm going to extend it till Tuesday night because the last episode went up a little bit late and so I wanted you to have four days. So let's give you until Tuesday at midnight, Tuesday after Mother's Day. And always remember, I am cheering you on. Remember, mamas, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in a way their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me through the email found below.